0: In a political landscape marked by strategic maneuvers and shifting alliances, the recent decision by Ron DeSantis, to the uh, hard-right uh, governor of Florida, to end his campaign for the Republican presidential nomination and endorse Donald Trump has sent some ripples through the political sphere. To shed light on the dynamics at play, we welcome back to J.R. Morning, Jason Rowe, principal at Rowe Strategic and former executive director of the Michigan Republican Party. Jason, good morning.
1: Good morning. How are you guys?
0: We are great this morning. You know, DeSantis was for, uh, refers to Nikki Haley as the old Republican guard of yesteryear. Well, his his new way of trying to be Trump but in a different way didn't work so well either, did it?
1: Well, I don't think it was so much that, you know, his brand of Trump without Trump uh, didn't sell. I think it was just a, a bad campaign. I think it was organized badly. And I think uh, Ron DeSantis himself, uh, his inability, first of all, he's very kind of insular, and I think his inability to trust uh, national uh, strategists outside of his Florida team Mm -hmm. limited his ability to get the kind of experience he needed to do a
0: presidential campaign. And were the donors kind of saying, hmm, you know, uh, I don't know if you have a a, a pathway, so I don't know if we want to throw some more money behind you.
1: Well, the the money definitely dried up, and I think you know when you go back to his announcement on X, it was very clunky. You had technical glitches, and so an idea that you know was pretty novel and I think cutting edge uh, was a big flop. Uh, I think his his reset and his restarts of the campaign, you know, turned out to be flops. They never really found their footing. They never really developed a message that made sense, and so I just think it was false start after false start that limited his ability to catch fire and capitalize on the strengths that he came into the contest with. Um, Jason, Nikki Haley, excuse me, is saying, you know, it's a two man race. Let's push forward. But she's still really far behind. Is there a path for her? Well, I I really don't see one. And it's not just that, um, you, you know, the numbers are what they are. It's the intensity of the support for Donald Trump as compared to her support um, you know, Trump supporters, 93% of them are voting for Donald Trump and 5% are, you know, ambivalent. For Haley, uh, 52% are voting against Donald Trump and only 39% are voting for her. So she's more of a protest vote. She is for folks that don't like Donald Trump, a place to go. It's not really an embrace of who she is, what her agenda is. And, And I do think that, uh, As DeSantis said, she represents kind of the old Republican Party, a more hawkish um, uh, establishment, kind of George W. Bush Republican Party. And that's just not where the party is right now.
2: Well, it is interesting, though, Jason, there seems to be kind of a disconnect here. 31 percent of Iowa voters say that if Trump's convicted of a felony, they're going to vote for somebody else. So in terms of electability, is there a disconnect between those Republicans that kind of feel that Donald Trump is preordained and those that say, well, not so fast? Is he the safest well, I mean, choice if, if, if you're concerned about electability?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that remains a relevant issue. And I think, you know, some of the flaws of a multi-candidate field and, and going back to the census, not capitalizing on the opportunities that he had if you had just one candidate in a head to head versus Trump in Iowa, when you look at him only taking 51%, uh, you know, if it was one strong candidate against Trump, uh, it's very possible that Trump would have lost to Iowa in a two person race. So, um, you, you know, I do think there are some vulnerabilities there. Trump's biggest advantage right now is that Biden is so terrible and is so unpopular. And so right now there is a binary choice for a lot of voters. It's, either joe biden who doesn't seem um, physically and intellectually capable of the job and whose policies have led to some huge problems um, along the border the military conflicts the inflation gas prices grocery prices and you know you look back over the trump years and those were not problems that we experienced as a country so i think right now trump is benefiting from just how incredibly flawed joe biden is and I think if you replace Joe Biden on the Democratic ticket, the numbers would change pretty dramatically and pretty quickly. Yeah.
0: Jason, uh, the uh, former, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the current governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, has endorsed uh, Donald Trump. But does that necessarily mean that his supporters, that, that DeSantis supporters will vote for Trump?
2: Well, he's only got 6% of them in New Hampshire anyway,
0: <laughs>
1: right?
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, I, 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 you know, I do think that the folks that like Desantis were with him because they liked him. I don't think it was a protest of Donald Trump as much as the the Haley vote. I think is a protest of Donald Trump. I mean, listen, he had has an extraordinary record in Florida. Uh, He won by twenty points in what is for you know decades been a very purple state. Um, You know, if not for Ron DeSantis and the redistricting map that he oversaw, um, that is the Republican majority in Congress. So he has. A lot of uh, very positive attributes that he should have been able to capitalize on. And so that's why I think folks that were with him were with him. I do think, though, that folks that like Ron DeSantis are more transferable to Donald Trump than they are to Nikki Haley. So, uh, you know, I, I think, as Guy said, there, there's not a whole lot of vote there to transfer over to anybody, but I do think uh, it signals that this race is, for all intents and purposes, over.
2: Jason, very quickly before we let you go, is there a threshold that Nikki Haley needs to hit tomorrow, or will this likely be all over but the shouting Wednesday morning?
1: You know, I think to keep it going, she's got to keep it within 10 points. Um, you know, if she were to pull a victory, I do think that would shake things up. But her polling in her home state of South Carolina has uh, been very underwhelming. And, and I, yeah. you know, with Tim Scott, the, the U.S. senator that she appointed, Uh, embracing Trump uh, more enthusiastically than I think anybody expected. Um, She's very vulnerable in her home state. And I think that will be, you know, the ultimate humiliation. Um, If you remember going back to 2016, that was the death knell for Marco Rubio, who was seen as the last chance to stop Trump. And he got walloped in Florida and dropped out of the race thereafter.
2: Yeah, right now she's pulling around 38 percent, so well short of that 10 percent margin. Um, Jason Rowe, thank you so much.